into a brand new segment of the Action Sit Rep. We were going to call it Brit Rep, but with this accent, it was never going to happen because I can't get it out. So we have gone with Sit Rep UK. My name is Gemma, and you may know me from, I've um, been a guest on a couple of the roundtables talking all about strike back. And I am also the co-owner of Jamie Bamba Daily for Jamie Bamba, obviously, the clues in the name. And basically this new segment is a way for us Brits to champion a lot of, you know, the telly that goes on at our side of the pond. I will say that action is not often something that is seen on, on UK telly, more in the films than, than on telly. But what we do have is a lot of wonderful, wonderful actors and numerous actors who are Strike Back alumni. And that is what we are going to discuss today, because just last week over on UK telly um, on ITV, uh, the second season of Innocent aired, and that included not one, not two, but three Strike Back alumni. We have the amazing Amy Lee Hickman, who played Esther in Shadow Warfare, the fantastic Catherine Kelly, who was Jane Lowry in Strike Back Retribution, and of course, our colonel, the wonderful Alexander Coltrane, aka Jamie Bamba, who was just absolutely fantastic, I'm not biased, in Silent War and Vendetta. And here with me today to discuss Innocent are two of my very best friends and the people that I trusted most to come on here with me and chat all about this fantastic show. We've got my person. <laughs> over at Jamie Bamba Daily, Sophie. Hello. Say hi, Sophie. <laughs> and we have also got my wonderful friend who you will also have heard from on the Strike Back Roundtables, the lovely Zoe. Hello. Hiya. And yes, yeah, so what we're going to be doing today, we're going to be chatting all about Innocent. So this is the second season of Innocent. Um, please be aware that there are going to be lots of spoilers because we cannot talk about this absolutely incredible show without mentioning spoilers so if you've not seen it come back and listen to this afterwards uh, because honestly you're in for a treat and um, we're definitely going to be um discussing everything about it really because it was absolutely amazing yeah, we're just going to be having a little chat, really. What I will say is if you are worried because we're saying it's Innocent Series 2, uh, you don't have to have watched the first one to watch the second one, although I would recommend watching the first one because it was brilliant. But um, it's not a follow-on story. It's two completely different stories. So um, you can quite easily watch this series and then go back and watch the first series you want to do that then please do but without further ado let's get into it so i'm going to just read uh, the basic synopsis of of innocent for um anyone who hasn't seen it so five years ago teacher sally wright played by katherine kelly was convicted of murder and although it was never proven she was also accused of having a sexual relationship with one of her 16 year old students gifted and talented matty taylor Overnight, her life imploded. She lost her freedom, her job as a teacher, her husband, Sam, Jamie Bamber, who filed for divorce and is now engaged to a new woman, Karen, played by Priyanka Bareford. But now Sally is finally free, her guilty verdict overturned in the face of incontrovertible 
evidence. That's not how you say it, but there we go. She is determined to recover everything she lost and prove without a doubt her innocence. And that is, that's the basic thing, isn't it? And I mean, what, Zoe, come on. Let's, what, what did you think of it? Let's just say what we thought about it before we go into it properly. It was fantastic. Like, I hadn't seen the first series. So I went into it sort of blind. But I knew having Catherine Kelly, Jamie Bamber, a whole host of well-known British stars that, you know, popped up in many a drama, that it was going to be well-written, well-acted. And it was. It was absolutely phenomenal. The four nights weren't enough, but they were also just right at the same time because... It was, you know, you couldn't have drawn out the characterization of the character anymore or the, the mystery of the murder. Yeah. And I thought, you know, it's definitely one that's well deserved all its praise, especially oh, yeah. the performance and on setting and cinematography, just yeah. alone. Across the board, really. I mean, um, and Chris Lang, who, who was um, one of the writers of it, he also writes Unforgotten um, with Sanjeev Bhaskar and... Nicola Walker. Nicola Walker, see, Sophie's good. And I've just started watching Unforgotten, actually, and it is fantastic. He is a brilliant writer, and he's a writer that creates these multifaceted characters and just takes you on this this journey, really. I mean, Sophie, what did you think? Um, well, I'd never seen the first series either, but I remember the trailers being on and kind of being tempted to kind of watch it. So knowing there was a second one, coming was kind of really good and then finding out that Jamie was going to be in it kind of brought me to it and then the rest of the cast were announced and it's a very good ensemble cast right yeah it's fantastic I mean we haven't mentioned um Sean Dooley who um is another incredible actor and he plays ECI Braithwaite in this so he's like the um police chief who is in charge of, of investigating it all um, wanting to find the real killer um, and exonerate Sally completely really because as we see in the first episode as much as she has been freed they've found this evidence to say that there is no way that she could have possibly killed Matty um, she chooses to go back to her hometown in Keswick um, and really just wants to get her old life back and as we see from the first episode it's not that easy for her it's a very small town small town mentality of um everyone knows everyone's business those first scenes were really quite difficult to watch really because you you see her really uh, trying to be so confident which was you know something to really shout about i think the fact that she was so brave to go back to the place where she, you know she was married she had a job as a teacher and just know that all of these people potentially still thought that she did it and yeah I mean Zoe what 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 were your thoughts on that I think I agree like Sally as a character is so strong mm. and that's shown a lot in the first episode even when she visits the bank to try and get herself a bank account to get herself back on the thing so she can get a job she can move out of the friend's house she can you know start a new life even if it means you know leaving behind stuff that she hasn't wanted to in the past and the fact that she has such hostility from somebody who is supposed to be doing a, a job mm-hmm. where customer services are essential it 
was so like it stunned mm. because the poor woman you know she spent five years of her life in prison for a crime she didn't commit you know yeah. you may believe she did it but at the end of the day if a trial you know a child's found her not guilty she's been freed mm-hmm. and they're investigating it again let her have her chance and, and I, think, I think that's what the whole first episode really hit home with yeah yeah definitely and I think the the small town mentality is a big big um plot thing I've lost complete way to say things you know what I mean it was you know the the, the plot and the fact that she's going back to this small town and this small town mentality about what they think about her it is huge when you get to the end and find out who actually did it um because that's another kind of part of the reason as to why it was all something else was kept hidden we are going to go into this so please don't worry about us being very cagey because we're going to go into it but no that first episode it is just about her you know finding her feet again in this in this town where everyone knows her and everyone has an opinion of her and i think the other the, the other brave thing about sally is the fact that she wants to help find whoever did it you know i'd say that a lot of people would just think well that's kind of done now i don't want to think about that anymore but she was very very much no i want to you know she cared a lot about Matty mm. and I think she the only wa- thing Sally was ever guilty of was caring too much. Yes. Yeah, yeah, about her students, about Matty, about her job. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I think Sally's ever been guilty of. And it shows so well through her release and then her going back to her job and going back to her sort of the same way that she used to live, but with obviously with this burden that people have given her. And Catherine Kelly's just an absolute powerhouse, really. And this role just really speaks to what, you know, she just gives her the, um, well, the characterization and everything just to really go for it, I think. I think the character's written so well that she's just able to just fully kind of, kind of go with it. I think the other important thing about Sally is the fact that she, she well as we've said she wants everything to go back to normal and she also wants everything that's been taken from her one of those things being her husband who is now divorced and um getting ready to marry someone else who is known to sally as well let's talk about karen <laughs> <laughs> for a start giving her the name karen <laughs> when it's got this just you know the symbolism of what Karen stands for nowadays and you know I just thought it was brilliant whether it was intentional or not I don't know but um very clever because automatically she's got the name Karen you're like whoa don't like her <laughs> Sophie what did you think well from the trailer even before the show started she became a suspect to me because she clearly was a bit of a psychopath agreed <laughs> and she doesn't really do herself any favours from the beginning, really. No. She already she... has like a hostility to Sally even before she's seen her again. And she's clearly very paranoid about Sam going back to her and going to see her. Yeah. And that just kind of makes her personality quite unlikable, really. And I think she cannot be confident in her own relationship if like all of a sudden Sally gets out and the first thing is like well she's back to steal my man 
you know it's like she gets those defenses up straight away and it's a little bit too too quick i think for someone who would feel comfortable in their relationship like she automatically kind of assumes that he's gonna go back to her um yeah but but yeah i mean sam's found himself this ready-made kind of family um with this woman and and her um is is beth 16 her daughter I think she's 19. I'm getting it. I think she's 19. I went into thinking she was younger yeah. because of her behaviour, but then I do remember yeah. that into the show they gave her an age of about 19. That, that's it. So so I think she's just... about 17, 18. I'm not sure. I don't know if she's 18, 19, but I'm just, I'm just, because a lot of people say, but why is she still in school? But then I was thinking, well, with her behaviour and the way that she's acting, it's quite reasonable that she's been made to reset years because hmm. she's, you know, got herself into this, this much trouble and not concentrate. She's a straight up troublemaker. You can tell her and yeah. mum very yeah. much like Karen feeds into that, that trope. Exactly. Karen yeah. Yes. And that. <laughs> Um, and that, I, so yeah and i think as well the other thing to say is because it's so brilliantly written from the very start you've got so many potential suspects where you're going could be her could be him could be you yeah know, and you, you're like constantly you've never kind of got one full idea because when you when you first start thinking oh i think it could be this person then something else comes in and it's like this hairball and you're just like Oh my god, I forgot about the I forgot about him. Or you know, the way that it's written is so brilliant, it just keeps you constantly kind of guessing. Because I mean, again, we, we're introduced to Anna, who is um Matty, one of Matty's well, we never know, do we? She kind of makes out like they weren't friends, mm. but it does turn out that she actually cared a lot more for him than she makes out and she was actually was it her evidence that got sally kind of especially with like yeah. the sexual relationship yeah. side of it because she said that she'd spotted them in a in the car um kissing which you know didn't happen um so again she's another one who's a, like a potential kind of suspect at the start um one really gave it gave you that thing of Sally being released and kind of start her life afresh. But then it also dropped little things over this is another main character. Oh, they have this one and then it connects into Matty, then connects into Sally, then connects into such and such. And it introduced each of them so that you would suspect them. Yeah. And that's what I really liked about it. It was quite a complex way of introducing each like main player of the show. Yeah. And even if they started off innocent, the longer you go through the episode. And the more connections you saw them have with the other characters, you were like, mm, actually, are you a little bit dodge? Yeah. And I think as well, I think something that, that Jamie said, I think, in one of his interviews is that nobody in that story is wholly innocent. Everyone has got mm. some sort of connection or something that they've done that, that makes them not. Can anyone tr like truly be a wholly innocent person? And it, this story definitely kind of looks into that on a on a um huge basis really it's um it's so interesting to look at it then we've got obviously sean dooley as i mentioned he's playing dci braithwaite and he is he's in charge of of the case but it turns out again even at that point my mum was like it's him it's the copper I was like, what do you mean it's the copper how can it be a copper she was like something dodgy about him 
these shows are so twisty that's what we're great at we we we, we love a twisty show yeah because obviously he's got a secret which we we don't find out until a little bit later on and um, he's just come back to work after a um after an absence and obviously it, it does turn out that his uh, wife and child were killed in a car crash um which obviously there's a heartbreaking moment with sean dooley um where he's it's his daughter's birthday and he's he's watching a video of of her and he's just like full-on breaking down and and crying but you kind of wonder at that point is is he mentally stable enough to you know do this yeah. you know go with this case and 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 you know get to the bottom of it without maybe putting his own feelings in the way or anything like that so again it's it's such a interesting concept it really it really really is i think we've got to mention the end of episode one <laughs> which involved which involved a very interesting um scene but before we get on to that we should say that prior to this scene that we're going to mention um we got sam and sally finally getting to see one another again after um after five years um and we it's it's such a heartbreaking scene it honestly honestly is such a heartbreaking scene because you've got sam there saying just how sorry he is for you know not believing her um you get sally telling him obviously that she miscarried their baby much longed for baby while she was on remand which is just so heartbreaking and i think as well when you've got actors like katherine kelly and jamie bamba a scene like that where it's literally just the two of them sat across a table in you know it was just was just utterly heartbreaking it hit yeah. home it was a very sad very poignant scene especially considering you think Sally holds some sort of grudge slightly because he didn't believe her, he left her, he divorced her. Yeah. And yet the moment they sit down together without any crying eyes and he apologises and they talk like adults, mm -hmm. she feels that she can then bring up the fact that she lost their child and that she had to deal with that alone on top of being on trial and then being sent to prison mm -hmm. where she had sort of five years to sort of sit and like think about everything that had happened to her you know it just oh it was so heartbreaking to watch but Catherine Kelly smashed it Absolutely. with the way she had that vulnerability about her mm -hmm. and that emotion but she didn't yeah. break it down into something that was hysterical yeah yeah and it's clear at that point that there is still huge love between the two of them you know they genuinely love one another which of course gets karen even more paranoid <laughs> which then leads into a very interesting scene <laughs> where um yeah karen karen kind of just accosts him when he comes through the door she's taking his coat off she's you know getting the sexy eyes on <laughs> <laughs> at this point sam's quite confused <laughs> when she just starts kissing his neck and then you know they're on their way up to the bedroom to, to have some sexy time and karen thinks no sorry let's do it here on the stairs <laughs> and therein lies a yeah 
very interesting scene where they just get it on on the stairs and yeah it was it it was an interesting scene it definitely was because it wasn't just sex for the sake of sex it was there was a reason for that scene and there was mm. a reason for it happening where it where it did um, oh definitely yeah it held a power dynamic, like, or as I wrote in my notes, power tool. Power <laughs> tool. <laughs> Slightly wrong there, Zoe. <laughs> I think it seems I had been at work when I was doing that. <laughs> um, no, to me, because the way she holds his face is like, she will forgive him for anything he ever does. Yes! And the fact that she initiated it, she was the one who stopped him when he was taken upstairs. The, even her being on top. It's all power related to Karen, and I think that's something that throughout the, the four, like throughout the quartet of episodes, is very present. Mm-hmm. Like, Karen likes to have power, she likes yeah. having yeah. her way, yeah, and she can pretty much do anything to get what she wants, yeah, including of course, her poor fiance at the door. Mm-hmm. But he's extremely confused when she starts addressing him, yeah, she does, yes. And you can see it on his face. I've always said Bamba is the yeah. king of the the expression. You just know what he's thinking. And it's like she's taking his coat off and it's like, what? <laughs> What's going on here? I've just walked in. <laughs> but yeah, definitely she, she's always wanted to know where he is. She was the one that was ringing him up and telling him what to do and this, that and the other. There is this power play there and she is the one that wants to be in control and she is i think to a to a certain degree she is in control yeah. because yeah i'd completely I think again it falls for that that small town mentality of everyone's got like their finger in everyone's pie like yeah. they know the ins and outs of everyone's business so they hear through the grapevine something's going on here or someone's been seen mm-hmm. karen's a type to twist it to her advantage you know manipulate people to get what she do to do what she wants them to do so they get that thing, and that's I think where she gets her power without kind of getting her hands dirty. So yeah. she still comes up smelling of roses and having this, you know, this young, beautiful daughter that's, you know, at college and this handsome, like, fiance that she's been eyeing up for years, you know, yeah. it's that sort of thing. <laughs> she yes, had her eye on him for years. <laughs> Please give a side face because it's what she is. <laughs> I mean, completely fantastically played by Priyanka Burford. I mean, she she was just the woman you you loved to hate. You were just like, yeah. So she came on the screen, and that is like exactly. testament to her acting. The fact that you were just like, oh god, what's she doing now? Oh, Karen's back. Oh, here she is again. <laughs> what's going on now? I always, I always said there was a reason she was called Karen. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she truly fed into that trope of Karen. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> she was the perfect Karen. <laughs> so, I mean, by the end of the first episode, you've already got so many people that could have done it. And obviously everyone's story interconnects with Matty somehow. He's touched everyone's kind of life in, in some way. Um, I mean, you've got his parents, John and Maria, but then spoiler alert, you end up finding out that John isn't actually his dad. That was a bit of a shocker to me. Yeah. I went, oh, because I didn't see, I think because John, he had obviously that, he was just spiralling throughout the whole thing. It sort of gave an explanation, but it was also like, 
oh, now he's really going to go off the rails. Mm. And when he went into that pub and sort of started that punch up, I was like, we can't have any more than one cycler. We've got Karen. <laughs> and then it came out. Karen too. Oh my God. <laughs> and, but then it came out why, and it was more like you understood it, but it was sort of like, oh, because I just thought he was going on a spiral that, you know, he was a yeah. out of. Yeah. And his poor wife had to handle that and deal with it. So. But I mean, even that, like, obviously, when, when there were questions and stuff, and then they said that they made out that it was a one night stand in Blackpool, and then you get the scene later on where Sally gives Sam the keyring from Blackpool, and everyone's like, wow, oh my gosh. And it was like another red herring. I mean, I never believed it, but there was a lot of people who was like, he's the daddy, he's the daddy. It's just like, but I mean, it threw you that red herring and then like you say at the end of the episode where he's in the pub and it's like who the hell's that what 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 is he doing it's like it's so twisty like we've said and that is just what we do best and you just constantly like it never leaves you just chilling for a second like when you think oh yeah calm down now it's like whoa what's going on it's just like I literally had to turn off my phone, my iPad. I had to put everything to the side when I was rewatching it for this, because I, when I was watching it, when it was airing, I had been at work with it, and I was like, "There's missing bits," and I was like, "No, what? Um, what's confused? I'm confused. What's going on?" This is why so I, I had took to the week on work watch to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Very prepared. But that's right. You are right, Zoe. It's it's you've got to focus you've got to constantly be kind of focused on it but I mean like I say you, you you've you're in episode two and you've already got so many su potential suspects then at the end of episode two you get the guy who you know Matty's dad nearly smashed with a broken bottle and you're like who the hell's he and then he comes into it he turns out to be Matty's real dad so they've obviously known all along it wasn't a one night stand in Blackpool. Thank you very yeah. much, Red Herring. Let's knock you out of the way. <laughs> like that. Because it's like, it's just like you're getting so many Red Herrings, you're getting all of, it's just mind blowing. Episode two as well is where we get the police checking up on alibis and stuff. Because obviously we're looking at five years past, they're having to go back in, in time. Because then we get... Um, Sam's alibi, which is that obviously Sam's a probation officer and Sam used to go every Wednesday afternoon, is this right? To yeah. meet one of the probationers, Aaron. Um, and so obviously they have to check that out again, but they, they go and um, interview Sam as per, as they're interviewing everyone, trying to get to the bottom of all of these different kind of... Um, alibis seeing what sticks what doesn't stick you know everything like that by the time we get to episode three we are full on the karen is a psycho bitch train all the way to psychosville this is where we're going we're like full steam ahead psychosville <laughs> she's got something to do with it because what is it episode two or is it episode three where she uh, is the end is, is it the end of episode two? Yes, where she goes and sneaks into Sally's house. Yeah, she just appears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's just like boom. <laughs> Sally closes the fridge door and, and she like, just boom. 
And when Sam comes in the door in episode one, she's just stood there. Yeah, she, she literally he doesn't even know she's there. She scares she's the hell out of him. She, she clearly has a lack. <laughs> she's she got does. a lack for. She has you know, got a knack sneak. for being in those split and, and sneaking mm. up on people and people not knowing she's there. I mean, all the signs at this point are, are pointing towards Karen being a psycho bitch and having something to do with this. But she yeah, she's underlined like, it my, sorry, in my suspect list like three times because by the end of episode two, mm. I was just like, no, there's, she's got to have something to do with it. She literally. She can't is not have something to do with it. Mm. Mm. She's, and, she's and involved not, somehow. Yeah, even if that, she's hiding something. She's hiding something, yeah, Which definitely. Which I think we then segue into episode three, don't we, where we, Sally finds an old photo of her and Sam. And in the back, there's just Karen, like, moody-eyed at Sam, like... <laughs> and that, and it's, it makes it clear. I mean, we can't blame her, let's be honest. We can't blame no. the woman. I mean... We're all Bamba fans here. <laughs> Oh yeah, three Bamba fans here. <laughs> but literally, the woman's face is just like staring at from the corner of these photos, just like, oh, there's Karen. It's not even like an accidental photo bomb. It's like a deliberate, like, oh, there he is. I must stare at him for eternity. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> it would creep me out if I come across that in a photo album. Well, it would, wouldn't it? I mean, it's probably not something she would have really noticed. But, you know, if you're looking at the lovely picture of you and your husband, you would probably notice him. But then when you're, you know, you're really searching for Karen, there she is. It's like... <laughs> she can have her own, like, where's Wally book at this rate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, where's Karen? <laughs> Thing is, I think what makes it more disturbing is the fact that she had been in Sally, like she had been to Sally and she had obviously slapped Sally and told her to stay away from Sam. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes it more disturbing this finding of her just like mooning in pictures at the background, like, oh, hi, <laughs> me, Karen, in case you forgot. <laughs> I'm always here. <laughs> Literally, that's why she's got such a good knack of like just popping up. <laughs> She I mean, did a job as a social worker. She did have her own range of pop-up books. She's in a totally wrong career. Doesn't need to be a social worker. Just, just get on the advocating the woman. I can't stand her. She is psychotic. <laughs> I mean, oh, as soon as like Sally gets a job back at the school, she's like straight in there well i'm a governor and i don't want this and i'll get the governors on this and she's like proper just constantly going full on karen and yeah she's just she's out to get sally and i think it all stems from no confidence in her own relationship Mm. what was it you were saying so i was gonna say she's also quite like physically violent with sally she grabs her quite like at least twice and she so as well so yeah. her being a suspect kind of became quite clear because she, she obviously can get quite physical with people mm, exactly. that comes, I think that becomes clear quite a lot at the end of se- um, episode three yes when they're it, they, um Braithwaite's interviewing yeah. her mm-hmm. and it comes out that she confronted Matty about something and then grabbed him which again puts him on that list of suspects because if you're quick enough to grab a woman who you know, is innocent of nothing but wanting to get her life back, then what are you going to do to a child who, I believe it was who's bullying her daughter or something? Yes. 
yeah. vice versa. I never know because Becca has a bit of a complex character at the best of times. But interestingly enough, it's Sam that goes to the police station to dob in Karen. Mm. Even though he says she wouldn't do anything like this. It's like he's always going so on the fence. He's like, I know she wouldn't, but this is a bit dodged. So he's like, I'm just gonna come and tell you. Because she won't tell you. So it's like she he, um, what was that? Exactly. I think yeah, as I said, uh, just putting it out there. Yeah, yeah, just putting it out there. Just put it out there. You do with this what you will. I'm just coming to, I am the messenger. <laughs> but it becomes clear as we get into episode four um, why he may be doing this. Because, as well, at the end of episode three, we get. Quite a dodgy phone call from Aaron. Now, this was the point when my heart started thumping. I'm going, no, 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 crazy Karen. That's 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 where we're going with. Don't bring him into this, because obviously, Dave, one of the police officers, goes to Aaron's house, hovel, place where he lives, room, room, where he lives and smirks. Um, so just confirm. That's it. There you go. Sophie with all the work. <laughs> just like hobble. <laughs> it was hobble. a bit of a mess. It, it was a bit mess. of a mess. I don't think he looks after it very well, bless him. No. But um, he comes out with that line, are you checking everyone's alibi or just Sam Wright's? And you're like, what are you saying that for? <laughs> whoa, 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 what? <laughs> and then it's just here's another curveball to throw in and then obviously he leaves Sam that voicemail saying that he thinks that they need a little chat what do they need a little chat about you know what I mean that is that that cliffhanger at the end of episode three where you're just like what the fuck is going on because no, it is a big what the fuck moment because you're like yeah you know, especially once you've watched it all and you then you go back and you look back through certain bits and certain clips just stand out to you. You're like, hmm. Mm. So you going to Karen, is that your way of uh, diverting the attention from you, mm. sir? Or is it, you know, you trying to write what was wrong with Sally? Or, you know, there's so many layers to what, you know, that Sam going to the police has done. All because Aaron has run him and said, we need a little chat, mate. There's something you're not you're not telling anyone. But at that point, he doesn't even know. At that point, his alibi, for all intents and purposes, is secure. Exactly. You know, he doesn't know. He's left his phone yeah. in the car while he's gone to see Sally. So he's left. He doesn't know any of this. He when he goes to see Sally, that look on his face where he's just like he doesn't know what to do. He's made such a mess of everything. That is genuine. That is genuine. He's literally his life is falling apart because he is like everything's unraveling and it all started with Sally coming home really it's kind yeah. of made him yeah you know, think a lot it, about it just set off an, an event didn't it it just set off like yeah. a tiny load of little events and he's tried his hardest throughout the first like you know half of the show to to balance it to you know make him mental Sally mm. apologize for what you you know for not supporting her not being there but then also stay on Karen's good side yes gotta stay on and, Karen's you know, good side Keep his not so healthy, power dynamic, hungry fiance on 
you know, good terms because yeah. whilst he understands where she's coming from with her concerns, he also still has feelings for Sally. And, you know, it's not just he's not going to switch it off just because, you know, they're divorced. She's there. He can yeah. see her a lot. It, you know, again, all falls back into that small town mentality. It's all, this small town mentality is the big overriding feature of this whole series. That is the big cloud that's hanging over everything, this small town mentality and what it does to people and what it makes people hide and what it, you know, brings out. It brings out the worst in people as well, I think. It's just everyone knows your business and it's, you know, it's definitely a big feature. It proves then yeah. just how far people are willing to go to keep what they want hidden in such a small town. Yeah. You know, exactly. if it was a bigger town, if it was a bigger city, mm-hmm. I think there would be that whole thing of, oh, okay, so if it gets out, it's going to damage me as a person. Mm-hmm. But in a small town, it was, it'd be gone by, it'd be there by lunchtime. It'd be round the town by lunchtime. Oh, God, God yeah. yeah. You know, and you wouldn't be able to go out. It was... You see a lot of it when Sally's first released. The look she gets from people on the street, the look yeah. she gets from the bank, the look she gets yeah. from she Not just the look the she gets at the bank. That woman basically verbally assaulted her at the bank. And it was like... It was disgusting. It was awful. It was so horrible. And you just felt for her so much. And it's just like... And that's it. It's that whole small town mentality. Because because everyone knows each other and because it's this clique and it's like there's 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 power in it do you know what i mean like people aren't afraid to say what they think because everyone knows everyone's business and you know no one's necessarily going to go against what another one says so you kind of get this leak exactly got that. Yeah. and that that's group mentality haven't you of like so yeah trial sound sally innocent but because there's not like a group of people or a race that i think it's like two I think two people, I think it's Jenny and her husband, isn't it? They're literally uh, looking after Sally at that point and they're like, yeah. 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 I've got her back. Yeah. Yeah. Because even Emily, who is the head teacher at the school, that first interaction was nothing yeah. overly friendly. She says, you know, you shouldn't be here. Yeah. And that. But then as the investigation progresses, obviously she becomes friendlier. Mm hmm. But even at that, there's still a cautiousness to her, a sort of a wariness. And I yeah. think because you don't have a large group of people in that town shouting for Sally, and like, yeah, she's free, she's innocent, let the woman live her life. They literally are just like, it's sort of like that. Back in the old days when they would literally get their pitchforks and their torches yeah. and just go for people. It's kind of just like that. They just want to hunt yeah. down somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it's they a witch think that's what's right. Exactly. The witch yeah. It's a modern day witch hunt, that's what it is. And I mean, even when Sally gets her job back and starts teaching, they're never fully confident in her. Like, if something happens in her classroom, it was like, well, did you say this? Did you not? And she's like, I've got a class full of kids who will be able to back me up on what happened. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, she's always got that, there's always that negative or that uncertainty from people thinking, well, could she have done it? Because could she she have done this? Could she? And it must be so so hard but it's yeah it's it was it's a ride isn't it it's definitely a ride we are going to focus heavily on episode four because obviously in these dramas usually it's the last 15 minutes where everything just falls apart so 
by the end of episode three, Karen's our main suspect. She's in the police station. They're taking DNA. They're trying to find a link between her and Matty because it turns out that on the day that Matty was killed, she had an altercation with him because of this whole bullying thing. He was meant to have been bullying. Be was it him bullying Bethany or Bethany bullying him? I'm not really sure. Him bullying Bethany. Him yeah, and yeah. they had this this altercation, which is why Sam went to the police to say, look, I think you need to speak to her because she's not telling you everything. Um, so by the end of episode three, we've got Karen in custody. Everyone's like, well, that's it then. Crazy Karen did it. <laughs> We're like, let's close the book on this now. We don't need to do any more investigating. It's all fine. We have to mention because the key point the key point it's not the broken bottle it's not the fibers on the jumper or whatever else it's the amazon gift cards the amazon gift cards <laughs> this is where it all falls apart at the amazon gift cards because they the, it, in the old investigation there were four amazon gift cards all paid for with cash so obviously no paper trail but one of these very clever detectives this time, she's like, oh, hang on, what's this? Two stuck together. Oh my God, there wasn't four Amazon gift cards, there were five. Now, what's the betting that the fifth gift card wasn't paid for with cash and leaves a paper trail all the way to our, our murderer, who we shall get to in a minute. But yes, so keep in mind the Amazon gift cards. So, Karen's done it. <laughs> this is how we're feeling by the end of episode three. Karen's done it. But we've got to remember that Aaron, Sam's alibi, needs a little chat with him. And so in episode four, Sam and Sally are coming to a decision. Sally has always loved Sam. Sally wants to start a new life with him, away from Keswick and the, this, you know, cloud that's hanging over her and everything. Um, Sam didn't come home. He was a dirty stop out and he didn't come home. So when Bethany's there, you know, calling for him at the house, he's not there. And so she knows exactly where he was. So she gets on the phone. Her mum's in, you know, custody. Her stepdad's off having it off, so she believes, with his ex-wife. And yeah, she she starts to get a bit crazy herself, doesn't she, young Beth? Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah, she's I think not... that's where she goes off the rails, isn't it? She just sort of yeah. slips. Like she's Adding another suspect. These, she's always been one of the characters that you kind of, she's been in the background a lot. Yes. But she has this sort of switch, and if something annoys her mm -hmm. or if something inconvenienced her, that's her switch. Mm -hmm. I remember there's a scene, I think it's episode two. Mm hmm. Where Karen says, well, have a good day. She's like, she literally storms back at her and is like, I have so much shit going on in my head and you're not helping it. Yeah. And then storms out because yeah. her mum's like throwing her like a temper tantrum that she's about Sally being a teacher again. Mm -hmm. It's causing Beth all these issues. And then obviously her mum being put in custody, Sam being a well, yeah. Sally's involved in it and somehow she literally kicks up. And then I think, isn't that when she goes and breaks? Well, first of all, she 
she goes into Sally's classroom and yeah. spits yeah. in her face, which felt very scary first, you know, in these COVID times. I was mm. like, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ah, hyperventilating at the spit. <laughs> it was just like very <laughs> stressful. Um, but yeah, she spits in Sally's face saying, I know what you were doing with our stepdad last night. Proper goes at it. Um, and then again, that's that's the time when the head teacher's like, yeah, but wait, where are you with him? And she's like, well, what's it got to do with you if I was with him yeah. or not? It's like, you know, what, what's this got to do with anything? Um, Stephanie Sam lied about that as well. What was that? Stephanie yeah. lied. Yeah. She lied about what went on with Sally in that classroom. So that kind of rang a few alarm bells about what she, how she's capable of lying about. Exactly. Again, another another liar in our midst. Um, Sam then takes Sally not Sally, Sam then takes Beth home, um, <laughs> takes Sally home, no, takes Beth home, uh, Beth's in a right mood, um, because again, she thinks she that, always that, is with him, well, she always is with him, that is the thing, I think he's always tried to be a father to her, and she's having none of it, she's like, no, thanks, but then deep down, I think she wanted it, I think yeah. it was this thing of, I'm gonna be like, this typical teenager and going, no, I don't want anything to do with it. But in that scene between them, she's saying we had a chance of being a normal family. So really deep down, she wanted it. So it's this bizarre thing of pushing him away, but really actually wanting him kind of there. And I thought that was really poignant. And then one of my favorite lines, um, of the full thing is, um, when Sam says that it is, possible to love two people in two very different ways again because as we get to the end we'll see why that's such an important line but it was such a beautiful line perfectly delivered by Jamie. It fits beautifully with the ending yes but it also fits with the situation that you get a straight away from when Sally's released yes he still loves Sally yes. with her being in prison for five years I think he had this outside out of mind yeah it's sort of thought about her and then obviously she's released she sees her she's working she's living in the town and then he still loves her but then he also has this love and almost like this loyalty to Karen Karen yep and you can see when you get to the end and stuff you understand why he, even though Karen is a psycho she even she is like that psycho she lives up to the trope and a lot of how she's behaved with Sam, a lot of how she's behaved with Beth, is the way that they acted and reacted to situations in the show. He loves her because of what comes out at the end. Yes. And and you can tell that. And there's a lot of, when you go back and rewatch it, which I highly recommend, if you've watched it once, you go back and do it again. Yes. Because you will pick up on so many little subtleties. Yeah. So many subtleties. That you will miss the first time because you're trying to wrap your head around. Yeah. Well, such and such did this and then such and such did that. So you're trying to wrap it. Definitely rewatch it. It's one you can know. Yeah. You never miss something on. No, you're so right. I mean, there's 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 so many subtleties there and so many lines that hit that bit differently when you get to the end and you've you know seen the reasons as to why things have happened. But um, let's talk about Aaron, shall we? So obviously he's left this voicemail. Sam and Sally all night was having this heart to heart, you know, with each other. He gets back in his car, gets this voicemail from Aaron. He's thinking, oh, 
oops, okay, this is this isn't good. Need to need to nip this in the bud. Take it around. And Aaron basically blackmailed him. Says, yeah. well, you you told me that you know to say that you were here. And you're thinking, oh God, Sam, what have you done? <laughs> why why are you doing this? <laughs> and then you just get the the turn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so good, so good. Where you've had this calm guy who's always, even when Karen's kicking off, even when Beth's kicking off, he's always so calm, and he just flips the switch and grabs Aaron and just gets him up against a wall, hand around the neck, and just saying, "You're not going to blackmail me because I'll go to the police." You know, say extortion. That's when. Sam, in my eyes, I was like, yeah, there's something yeah. not, yeah. you know, I don't want to believe it. I don't, yeah. There's but... something not quite right about you. Yeah. You know, you've been, as you said, you've this very gentleman who's doing a job of giving back to people. He cooks, he he gives his care and he does his best. Mm -hmm. He's managed to put aside... <sighs> everything that comes with Sammy's release and is handling that in a very, well, I consider a very mature way. Oh, yeah. But then yeah. the minute someone like Aaron, who is a probationer, who is, you know, known for not being the most honest of human beings, says, I'm going to back my 500 quid yeah. and I want more. Yeah. Keep up with facade. He just flips. Yeah. And that's when you go, mm, actually, mate, you're not as squeaky clean as you, you yeah. leave yourself to. And it Are was, you the biggest red herring throughout yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was such a good turn. It was just yeah. completely believable. Like, you, you, it was it was just, that was the point where I was like, right, because all the way through, I'm like, he can't be the baddie. He can't be the baddie. I don't want him to be the baddie. No. And then when he did that, I was like, actually, I don't care because this is brilliant. <laughs> Like, I really don't care. This is, I was like, okay, we're getting somewhere now. What's happening here? It was just like, yes. Um, so, in the meantime, when all this is happening, Sally's quit her job because she's sick of that lot being like, you know, not believing her, constantly having to prove herself to them. She's just, she's fed up of it. So, she saves the governors the, um, you know, ordeal of sacking her or going to a disciplinary by saying oh i quit i quit and she books herself into the, the airwind hotel is that correct yeah yeah, yeah. see sophie's got the facts this is Sophie's <laughs> good she's got the facts and she tells sam that she's booked herself in there for a few nights and that she would love him to basically she's leaving and she would love him to leave with her and again you get this this thing of he doesn't know what to do at this point he's the man who doesn't know what to do he's like literally got so much going on in that head he's like just just yeah he's just like well there's karen and then aaron's saying this and then she's asking me to go away with her and oh my god so yeah he's he's got a lot going on as sam mm. the um, phone in the garden yes when he's obviously in the garden talking to sally on the phone that Sally's half is obviously she's giving out, she's literally everything on the table. She's saying to him, I want to be with you, I love you, I've put myself here. You want to be with me, you know, come here, we can go away. Mm -hmm. And he's, you can tell how torn he is because 
he has Karen there. Mm-hmm. He has this sort of like ready-made family yep. that he has been with the last five years. Yep. You know, he wants, and you can tell throughout the thing, he wants to help Beth. He wants to, yeah. you know, and he appeases Karen when she has mm-hmm. these worries of paranoia. And you can tell the struggle he has between saying, okay, I'm abandoning two women that I've been in, have been in my life for five years mm-hmm. for a woman that I divorced because I didn't believe that she was innocent of a crime yeah. that, you know, she was persecuted for. Mm-hmm. And it's the end bit where she says, I love you. And he, you, the pain on his face, because yeah. he's like, he wants to say it back. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't know if he can. Yeah. And then he sort of like forces it. Yeah. And I'm like, that is what makes this show so good. Because you've got all these intertwining stories that all connect back to this one giant art and this one giant theme. Mm-hmm. And it's just the emotions from from Jamie, from Catherine, from yes. Sean even. Sean. You know, but yeah. yeah. He smashes it. Oh god. Yeah. A few, you know, there's a few scenes where it really tugs at my heart's really there. Yeah. And then even Lucy Black, who played Matty's mum and yes. Andrew Turner. Um, yeah, yeah. Right I was going to mention yeah. his dad. Fantastic. Them two as well. There's just, you know, and it all interlinks and it just works perfectly and it segues perfectly into that final yeah. 15, 20 minutes with yeah. the reveal. Yeah. And that ending. The ending, yeah. But so we, we um, another main point is that uh, Beth goes to the school, smashes up Matty's tribute. The, she's smashing the glass she's smashing all of the cabinets she's smashing the photographs that's all smashed then she goes to the um, police station well she's arrested for smashing it all up naturally um, and then she comes out with the why well, did it and to be fair you never believe that for a second I mean even no. though she was a bit of a psycho bitch you never believed it for a second. You're like, you're just trying to get your mum off this, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was so interesting because she would have been one of your main suspects, you know, yeah. for the fact that she was a bully, there was all this stuff going on, there was all the stuff in the back with Matty. But then the minute she says, I did it, you're like, no, you didn't, Well, No, <laughs> yeah. she said it because she wanted her mum back. She wanted Emma yeah. back. This situation broke her down. Yeah. Sam going off to be Sally, her mum being in custody, it essentially broke down this bravado that Beth has and made her like this lost little child who would just take anything to get her mum out of custody. Yeah. Even if it meant her, yeah. Even if it meant putting herself into that place where she yeah. could potentially go down for Matty's murder. Yeah, yeah. And that's such a... Fa- and again, it was a brilliant performance by Emily Hickman. It was, it was yeah. incredible, yeah. really. Just this yeah. girl completely on the edge of... Of, of not wanting to lose anything else you know she felt like she was losing things like one by one like the stepdad that she didn't particularly care for but really she did because she wanted this stable family after so long she got her mom in you know it was such a beautiful performance it honestly was um yeah just fantastic her performance reminded me a lot of when she did play esther in shadow warfare because she had that sassiness, that banter that she had with like Damien and Mike when they were there. And like, you know, then she has this vulnerability because her dad being her dad. Yeah. She doesn't want to lose him. 
but again she doesn't want to lose what she's got with Scottish language because it's something that's pure yeah you know and you see it a lot and it's even as she's grown as an as a human and as an actor you the similarities are beautiful and she she smashed it yeah and I think the best actors do the best actors keep hold of those little traits and things that they've Mm -hmm. had you know for absolute years like I see the same with Jamie He's got some yeah. of the same traits that he had when he was Archie in, in Hornblower. Um, and it's it's fantastic, really. And I think it's the, it's the sign of a good actor, really, when you can keep hold of those traits, but become completely different characters and mm. not necessarily think of one character whilst they're playing another, but those traits still remain the same. We've got to go into these last 20 minutes, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> We've been building up to it. And I think oh, we are been yeah. building up. Here we but... go. So, Sally's out the door in her hell. Sam's turned up. He's packed a bag. He's decided, I want to go away. I want to, you know, I, I want this new life with you. This is this is what I want. Um, Sally's more than happy for him to, you know, Come along because she's had enough he's had enough obviously wondering if the he's having enough has got something to do with the fact that aaron's being a bit dodgy hmm. um obviously beth has smashed up the um tribute to matty and sally takes a photograph of matty after a beautiful um conversation between sally and the parents where the parents yeah. pretty much yeah, forgave sally and i thought that's beautiful. beautiful because you're thinking you see her walk up to him and you're thinking oh shit, what's gonna happen here because mm. they were so at her throat they spent all the way through at her mm. throat and especially in the first episode yeah when her dad sort of his dad sort of goes at her yeah. to then have that conversation yeah. where they essentially say that they're sorry that yeah. she had to go through what she did when all she did was care about Matty and care about his well-being. Mm-hmm. And, and then you even see it though that Sally is still just, after everything, after, you know, Karen and Beth breaking up the memorial, she still just wants to help. Yeah, All she had ever wanted to do was help to teach, to, you know, look after the people that she is in charge of yep. you know and I think it's it's a beautiful thing about her character but it's also her downfall yes. because if it wasn't for the photo we wouldn't then go on to the reveal and I think she she basically wrecks her own happiness yeah. kind of I mean yeah. she, she gets she gets what she wants which is to find out who actually killed Matty, but at the same point, as we're going to discuss in a minute, which is double-edged sword, she's going to break her unhappiness with him because on the back of this photograph, as she's getting ready to reframe it, because obviously the frame's been broken, everything like that, she notices that there is an indentation of some writing on the back. Um, she's very clever. I mean, <laughs> it's like she was straight away, she got a piece of paper and a pencil and she's She's getting it, it so she could. It was the can... best way to do evidence. It was I've never, you know, yeah. you go to the series and you see the little little bits where you're like, oh, that links to what the evidence was found in yeah. the original case. Yeah. But to be foiled 
by an etching on the back of a picture. It's one of the most obscure. It's one of the most obscure (laughs) pieces of evidence that's ever caught a killer. And I think it's a fantastic twist. Yeah. Yeah. Foiled by an etching. There she's there, and it was the way the music and the the, the music going, and you're trying to read it, and you're like, what's what's going on? And then, um, obviously, it says, um, you told me you love me, but you you wouldn't speak to me. Um, and then you you see bits and pieces, and then you say, yeah. it says at the end, I'll tell Sally, I mean it, Sam. And then you're like, oh shit. <laughs> okay there's no going back now there is no going back i was like i was looking at my mom and going could that still be a red herring and she's like gemma no it's not a red herring (laughs) i'm just like clutching at straws like um and then at the same time you have the reveal of um the amazon card which was paid for by debit card silly boy and then it doesn't tell you they don't tell you because this is all happening at the same time. The etchings are getting unstretched. They're saying, oh, look, look, look. There's all these Amazon cards. We've found this one. You'll want to look at this. And you're all like, shit, what's going on? And then the next minute, they're at Aaron's hovel. <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. Aaron's hovel. And they're basically saying, well, what's going on, mate? What's going on? Are you sure he was here? And... Aaron tells them that they had an agreement with him and Sam, um, whereas he could go off and do whatever he wanted, whatever Aaron Jollywell wanted to do, he could go off and do it, as long as if anyone came, a, you know, seeking information, he would tell him that he was there with him all afternoon. So these are some Wednesday afternoons that um, are uncounted for. And yes. We then get to, here we go, people. <laughs> here we go. Strap yourself in. Strap yourself in. <laughs> exactly. So we start off with um, Sam getting ready into, this, into a white shirt, which is another complete and utter, um, you've got this white angelic pure shirt that mm. he's wearing. Very clever, very clever. And he's humming to himself. And then it's all going well, you know, he's thinking, I'm going to, you know, get away from here. And then Sally comes in and at first he's completely, you know, nonplussed. He's like, all right, love, in his northern accent, which I am going to mention the northern accent before we get into the rest of this. Glorious. (laughs) Bamber is the king of accents and him having a northern accent with me as a northerner was very pleasing. I loved it. Um, So, yeah, he's like, all right, love, to Sally. And... She's just holding this piece of paper and then she reads it out to him what it says on the back and you just get the most crumpled face of pain <laughs> ever when he realises yeah. she knows. Well, part of, part, there's part of it. There's part of it, exactly. So, turns out, as you would established from from the note that Sam was in some sort of a relationship with Matty and it all comes out obviously Sally thinks she's had these 
you know, blissful years of marriage to this man who was the love of her life. And it turns out that she's now saying, well, am I just, was I just cover for, for all these men that you, that you were with? Cause obviously she asks him, was it just, was it just Matty or was there others? There were others. And so obviously it comes to the, to the forefront that, um, Sam was a closeted gay man. Um, and it just leads into just the most heartbreaking confession scene kind of ever, especially, yeah. and I think you've got notes about this as well, Zoe, when he's mentioning um, his dad. Yeah. And the stereotypes that he, the rugby, the beer, mm-hmm. the pint, and you you get the stereotypical of him, everything he's done to keep his secret hidden. But then you've also got the stigma of what a lot of people think that gay men are, which is the layout, the laybys, the toilets, the public yeah. sex. You know, he is ashamed of those what he did uh-huh. to keep his secret. And he's also ashamed of what he did to be his natural self. Yeah. And I think his performance was phenomenal because, as you said, the white shirt, the angelic, the innocent, mm-hmm. you know. But even when he drops to his knees yeah. and he's begging Sally yeah. for forgiveness, it isn't, he's not just begging because of the fact that he betrayed it, he is begging for his own forgiveness for hiding himself for so long because he's so worried again yeah. and then it all just feeds back to the small town mentality yeah. because you know you he'd get the whispers of there goes such and such a lad did you know yeah. you know the thing you see in small very yeah. closeted sometimes homophobic villages mm. you know that stereotype that you get and it's just so sad especially in modern times yeah and I, I think definitely that the part when he said about when when Sally says to him but your dad adored you and I think it just proves at that point that she doesn't understand it either because he has to say no he adored who he you know thought I was you know this this guy who got the first pint at the pub who played his rugby you know and like I've had personal experience with members of my family not being too afraid to to come out because of what a parent would think about them and it was just so perfectly done like it was absolutely incredible I mean I'm still in awe of that whole performance it was absolutely phenomenal and I think as much as you can't you, you you don't condone what he did you can have sympathy there for a man who has fought against himself for so long like not truly understanding who he was not truly liking it I think because he says as well he says that's why he wanted to break it off with you know you know he he didn't he didn't want that life anymore he wanted to fully focus on this life with that he was he was constantly pressing down who he really was try and be this other person plea for forgiveness mm. is so multi-layered because he is pleading forgiveness for what he has done mm-hmm. for his relationship with Matty his hiding and essentially cheating on Sally with yeah. other men because he 
cannot fight his natural instincts for all the time. Yeah. But he's also pleading, I think he's also pleading for her to be given to the fact that he has hid this from her mm. for over five years. He watched her go down. Yeah. He divorced her. He moved on with another woman. Mm. And again, all of what you see from sound from the beginning to the end plays against stereotypes. And it yeah. is just, it makes us even more poignant. Yeah, definitely does. I mean, Sophie, what, what do you think? I just think it was perfectly done and you mentioned about the white shirt making him look angelic and when Sally first comes into the room the lighting behind him as well because there's a bit when he's talking and the lighting just kind of like shines across his face Mm. and I just think that was like kind of I think of the show I think this was in my notes like so made such a good point because the lighting and the way that it's set you get these scenes where Sally's downtrodden and she thinks that nothing's going to get better and it's gloomy and grey and it looks like there's going to be a storm and then you get scenes where she's got the job and she's out walking and the sun is shining and the stream's bubbling and, you know, the birds chirp and it's like this fresh, mm. new, bright hope. And then, as so said, you get that play of light across Sam mm-hmm. which plays into the whole... It all just streams back to the title and it yeah. is so well thought out and written by Chris Lang especially it's I just say I just think the twist just no one was expecting it everyone just thought it was if it was going to be Sam it was going to be a simple you slept with my wife so I'm gonna kill you sort of thing and in fact it was completely different he was he was in love with that boy you know what I mean he was he was in love with him he couldn't help but he was different yeah it was and it was beautiful. Premeditated. Yeah. It was never premeditated. This was a kind no. of, it was a heat of the moment kind of passion. Yeah. That Sam then yeah. carried on and carried on with him, hmm. watching Sally get arrested and questioned and going down for it, and has carried it on for five years. Hmm. And the only time you see the strain hit him is when Aaron starts to question yeah. and pull, yeah. which then puts the police on his trail and then... Yeah. You know, it's just that's everything he's then on his knees for, which is again symbolic because he is literally yeah. like pleading. Yeah, he's he plays against all the tropes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's this fact, and he says he's a coward. You know, mm. he's not denying. You know, he's not denying that he at that point he is literally laying himself bare. You know, and I I stand by the fact that you can have sympathy for him understanding why he did what he did and that's not even necessarily the murder side because i don't even he basically says he doesn't remember doing it like so take out the murder aspect just the whole thing you can have sympathy for this man who has fought against natural instincts to to please everyone else and to to not be persecuted in this small town kind of kind of you know mentality as as we've said and i mean then you look back on some of the things like you can love two people in two completely different ways that hits a whole load of you know other yeah the heartstrings in a completely other way and then there was a scene where he said that they wore him down and that wasn't necessarily wearing him down you think at the point it's well they wore him down to believe that sally was guilty 
but really what I think he was saying was that they wore him down to a point where he could carry on hiding this thing that he's hidden for so long if he lets her take the rap for it and that's something he's tortured himself over for five years not to mention the torture he was already putting himself through for god knows how many years and i just yeah you can't talk about this show without talking about that performance at the end because it was a complete it was brilliant and it's not just jamie that it was him and catherine in that scene catherine together playing off one another like one without the other in that scene wouldn't have been nowhere near as good it, again it plays to Sally like the way Catherine played Sally it all just plays out so well because her performance was incredibly throughout yeah. but instead of most most women in that situation would rage they'd be angry mm-hmm. she's just sat on the bed and she's like sobbing mm-hmm. just clutching this picture yeah. you know and she's listening to him and she's trying to wrap her head around it and that, and then you can see that she, she's devastated by the whole thing, and like Catherine Kelly plays it so beautifully, incredible. And even when she gets up and leaves the room, mm-hmm. and then the police come in, it's just not many women could carry themselves. I think in that situation yeah. with such strength, yeah. Especially, you know, even you break it down, you've got your husband cheating on you. Mm-hmm. multiple times well your ex-husband sorry your ex-husband is a murderer mm-hmm. your ex-husband is in fact gay mm-hmm. and to top it all off your ex-husband and watch you go down for five years in prison for crime you Quite didn't commit you know women, some women couldn't walk away from that in the way that she did yeah. and it just taught, it just speaks volumes about how Catherine Kelly approached her and how she played her yeah and, uh, and it was just it was stunning. And you see her get her happy ending, you know. Yeah. There's still a, a tinge of heartbreak there, though, for me. Yeah. There is, she, yeah. It's her and her mum. They, it's, that hits one of my notes I wrote last night when I was watching was one of the saddest points of this is not that she lost her job, her husband, her freedom. Mm-hmm. She lost valuable time with her mum, who has dementia, dementia, and who cannot remember her daughter. No. You know, who she sits down and she's like, Mum, it's me, it's Sal. And her mum's just staring so blankly. That is the most heartbreaking bit because yeah. everything else, Sally could get back. Yeah. Yeah. Time time with her mum. Can't, can't get that back. It was just, you can't get that back. And that, I think, as somebody who was close to their own mother, it tugged at my heartstrings yeah. a bit. And it sort of resonated then, you know, even though she got her happy ending. Mm-hmm she moved on she had this beautiful house it's like new lease on life she still had this sense of loss because her mum yeah. didn't know who she was and yeah. she just thought she was a nice girl that yeah. sat and spoke to her regularly it is it that last scene where they sat on the bench together mm. again sally being so strong she's just like what this is as it is now this is what it is i'm going to make the most of this time that i've got i've, I've lost that time with her but i'm not going to lose any more time kind of thing and i thought that was really beautiful you get um sean dooley finally you know 
saying goodbye to the past you know in another stunning performance he, yeah. he's got closure it's not just the closure of the case but he's he's got closure over his you know his wife and his his child dying you get karen and um beth hugging it out can i just say that karen didn't forgive him because she said she'd forgive him anything no, i was like well bloody turn around on that one didn't you karen she's <laughs> like let's just forget it now Parallels I love between Sally and Braithwaite. They are both on this thing where they've lost so much. And I think what pushes Braithwaite to sort of reopen the case and work so hard to solve it is he hasn't got closure from his daughter's death. Yeah. He wants to help another family get closure on what happened to someone that like exactly. their child. Exactly. And I think that in total then helps him get closure. Exactly. And then that beautiful blossoming blossom word blossoming <laughs> like relationship between him and Sally. Yeah. Are they gonna go for pizza? Again, it's that parallel of they both are on new paths in their life, they're both getting used to these change these massive changes. You know, yeah, they've come out of it stronger. And I think I like the scene where at the end where she did hug him, she hugged him and thanked him because mm-hmm. he looks so surprised. Yeah. And he was like, oh. Yeah. And it's like, she's had so much going on, bless her. She needed to stay strong, but she could give that one bit of vulnerability to say, thank you, you know. Yeah. It yeah. was what helped her, you could tell. And I think it was a, a well rounded ending. Because even you see Matthew's parents, his, yes. his father, who obviously raised him, and who will always probably think would be, be his Matthew's father. father yeah. yeah, he's dealing with his own demons, and Matthew's mother is there to see it and to you know mental support. And I think it's that whole thing of there are parents in this show that they have their own issues mm-hmm. aside from the case of Matty being murdered and I think it's a great way to end it because you show Beth and Karen you show Matty's parents and then you show Mike and you show Braithwaite and like Sally and it then ends with Sally and her mum which is it hugs your heart thing and it's poignant but it's just such a beautiful scene to end on and it's that it's that interesting juxtaposition again isn't it where everyone is getting this closure yeah whereas Sam his whole world has been completely torn open. So you've kind of got that complete difference there between all of these other people getting this closure yeah. and being able to move on with their life, whereas he is now on his own and all of this is kind of out in the open now. And I think, again, that's such an interesting kind of juxtaposition of, of the, you know, the story as a whole, the one that was so together and holding everyone else together at yeah. the end is the one that's completely torn apart. Yeah, because he's not only lost Sally and that new life he was hoping for, he's not only lost Matty, he's now lost, yeah. he lost Karen. So he's lost, guy, he's lost his freedom, he's, you know. Yeah. The and genuinely, the, you know, the nice guy, the handsome one that everyone roots for, you know, oh, he's, you know, he's too like squeaky healer, he's the yeah. generic handsome guy who wears a shirt, yeah. does the cooking is a good fiance, good stepdad. He, you know, he can't be a killer. Yeah. He has lost his true love. Yeah. He's lost Sally. He's lost Karen. He's lost his freedom. 
and you get the you get the sense based on what he was saying that he's yeah. not going to last in prison. He's 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 going to take his own yeah. life or something. You just feel that from him because he was so before, so he was so close to doing it before, and that was you know with you know people that he could you know cling yeah. to on his own in prison. And and he, that... Yeah. Just, and he yeah. said that Matty was the one that saved him, so now he's got kind of no one to save him now. So yeah, yeah, he probably wouldn't really be surviving in there. No, and it's it's just it keeps you thinking. And again, um, that's something that yeah. that Jamie said in an interview. He said it's not a, an ending where you'll go, oh, well, that's just that. Then you know, it's something that'll keep you thinking and it's so true i mean we're a week on now and i'm still just like in complete awe yeah. and just thinking about it and it's just it's really stuck with me and i just think absolutely phenomenal performances yeah. from everyone like like i said at the start what us brits do well is good quality drama and good quality drama performances and we may not do action but no. we do we what we lack in action we make up for in intricate plots with different twists in story arcs and overwhelming scenes and you know we're fantastic at dropping red herrings and yeah. like false suspects yeah. and these little yeah. clues yeah. that if you rewatch because you not you think you've missed something or you've not caught on you yeah. go back and you'll pick up on like a million other subtleties that you don't miss. Yeah. And that yeah. makes up, in my opinion, for the massive action scenes that some UK shows have, and then obviously what a lot of the US shows have. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I think we really make up for British drama. We're, we're, we're sus- we do subtlety very well, mm-hmm. and I think that's... Um, Emotion. Immersion, subtlety. We really yeah. know how to grab at the old heartstrings. And I do want to say as well, just before we finish, just make a huge point of the fact that it was a female director, Tracy Larkham, um, who directed it. And I, again, I think that's fantastic. I think that's just brilliant. She did such a phenomenal job of just yeah, pulling this together and getting through them COVID. Through COVID, through COVID. Huge yeah. congratulations to like every single person for creating. You wouldn't have even noticed. Do you know what I mean? It was. It, to, to yeah. think that they did that at the height of we're talking like what was it october november 2020 yeah, yeah. we're talking that is the height <laughs> of like coming into this second wave of covid and for them to be able to to do that no cases of covid and create something so fantastic just a huge congratulations to them all i just think absolutely phenomenal um, and yeah, definitely will stick with me for a long time. Definitely, it's going to be one of those. You will, it will be showing again on another channel, mm-hmm. and you'll catch a glimpse of it, and you'll go, "Oh, I remember that was really good." And you may not remember the killer, you may not remember the twist, but you will. It will stick in your mind that it yes. was a really good show that had your attention when it was on, and you'll probably sit and watch that episode and then possibly go and watch whatever is left of it to be shown. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think that's something, especially with the ITV dramas in the UK, they do it really well. Yes. Agreed. So, you know, 
definitely going to stick with a lot of people, I think, once they've watched it. Yeah. Well, ladies, thank you so much. That was really enjoyable. I really enjoyed delving into it and looking at themes and um, just just chatting about it again, because like I say, it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, so yes, that was our little chat all about um, Innocent 2. Uh, it is available on ITV Hub and I do believe it is crossing the pond in July. Is that right, Sophie? Yes, I think so, yeah. Yes, we'll have to double check dates, but um, we will let you know. Um, it's, it's late it's, July. Yeah, late July, we think, heading over to the States. So be sure to catch it because it honestly, you won't regret it. It's absolutely amazing. And we will see you again soon. I don't know what we're going to be discussing next, but I'm sure we'll find something. But thank you so much, ladies. It's been a pleasure, and I hope everyone enjoyed listening. So, bye.